Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, episode number 181. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. Learn jazz piano without all the guesswork. Now, your host, Brendan Lowe. Welcome to the Jazz Piano School Podcast, where we have one mission, that is to help you achieve jazz piano freedom so that you can express your true inner soul and emotions instead of having to copy what others have shown you. Now, we do this by providing structured and organized jazz piano education on specific jazz piano tools that you can then take and use over any tune so that you have complete jazz piano freedom. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Jazz Piano School Podcast. My name is Brendan Lowe. Thank you so much for being here. This is going to be episode number 181, and I truly, truly appreciate your support. I'm doing something new today, and obviously, you can tell I am actually like filming myself while I do this, and so that's kind of fun. And uh, I'm going to be posting this on our website. So if you want to see me, for all you audio listeners out there, if you want to actually see me talking um, while I'm doing the podcast, doing especially these intro bits, you know, you can go on there and uh, and view the video, right? So um, a lot of you, I don't even know. I mean, you guys may listen on iTunes, you know, wherever, like usually probably on iTunes, or you may go to our website too. I'm not really sure and um, click the audio version, right? If you're driving in your car, if you're at the gym, but even at the gym, right? Sometimes you may want to watch me talk. Like you may want to see me uh, talking about jazz piano school, talking about life and, and things like that. And again, this is what this specific audio version is going to be for. And I kind of enjoy this. Sometimes I like uh, you know, I'd like to see the person as they're explaining things. And I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, if there was like a video that went along with it, that'd be kind of fun, right? You can see their expressions. You can see them go crazy, right? You wouldn't be able to see that just listening on the audio, but now you can be like, dang, Brendan's a goofball. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> so this is fun. This is awesome. And, uh, yeah. So the YouTube version is, is, uh, straight into the point right? If you just want the materials and usually on YouTube, when you, you know, are, are going on there and you're looking for that kind of stuff, then that you just want it. Bam. You just want it like boom, boom, boom. You don't want uh, any sort of, you know, fluff. You don't want to hear me like talking for a long time. Right? So that's exactly what YouTube is. If you just want to go straight into the education, go to YouTube, watch the YouTube version of this podcast. Cause we edit it in a very specific way where I give the intro really quickly I tell you what it's about, and then after that, boom, right into the lesson. But this, this right here, the magic, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So I'm just having too much fun with this, right? So now you guys can see me. But uh, yeah, so this right here is more where I can get a chance to bond with you guys, talk, even though you're not talking back to me. But I always listen to the comments if you write comments on the podcast, right? You can post comments or um, send comments to iTunes, you know, <clears throat> and I do, I definitely do read those. But if you want to see me um, do these types of intros and talk about our releases and what we have going on, this is going to be the place to do that. So thank you so much for being here. So let me just see. Um, this particular episode is going to be really fun. And we just released a new specialty course. <clears throat> and if you guys are new to Jazz Piano School, I'm sure you've heard me say this a lot. We have our main course, Curriculum Success Path, which is the huge uh, directional, sequential, step-by-step -step plan to achieving jazz piano freedom. That's your roadmap. 
That's your treasure map, right? It gives you everything you need to follow a step-by-step process to reach your dream of jazz piano. We also have the lab area. Now, the lab area was built because I found that students would come to the success path, but they had so many different skill sets, right? Some people would have high improvisation skills and low comping skills. Some people would have high comping skills and low improvisational skills, right? And so what the lab does is it allows you to venture off the main course curriculum success path. It allows you to level up your skill sets. So that way you can raise your comping skill up to the level of your improv skill, right? If you want that immediate category focus, you can go to the lab, get a quick mini course, get a quick upgrade, a quick boost, and then go back onto the curriculum success path and continue along your journey. Right, you can think about uh, uh, think about it as like being a video game where you kind of like increase the skill set, you get some points added, and then you go back to your journey, you go back down your path. Right now, our specialty course area is exactly what it sounds like. Specialty courses, so they're on the Bill Evans, Bill Evans, like learning how to play Bill Evans. The new one we just released was the Secrets of Love Songs, Secrets of Playing Love Songs. I'm going to be releasing a Rhythm Changes course. I think so, um, people have been requesting that improv, obviously but really specialized topics that require a little bit more focus, some nagging attention, um, and just really individualized like rabbit hole attention, you know, like Alice in Wonderland. Like you got to go deep down these rabbit holes to actually start seeing progress, right? And don't get me wrong, main course curriculum is amazing, but some of these topics, like they're just specialty, you know? Like not everyone has to learn how to play Christmas songs. It's another specialty course we have in order to get great at jazz piano. Like you don't have to know how to play Christmas songs, right? You don't have to know how to play like Bill Evans. So the main course curriculum teaches you everything you need to know regarding jazz piano um, stuff. But again, like I can't throw in Bill Evans, Oscar Peterson, all these different stylistic nuances in there. And that's exactly what the specialty courses are for. So with that being said, this new course we just released, The Secrets to Playing Love Songs, it has a very important, and I realized as I was creating it, a very important concept that I'm going to teach you here in this particular lesson, and that's about building color chords and the process that a beginner goes through, and then as you move up in your journey, right, in your skill sets, the, the direction and roadmap you're going to follow to build amazing lush color chords. And someone, Garrett, this, this episode is going to be Garrett for Gareth Davis. And he was one of the people who requested um, content in the beginning of the year in our 2020 resolution podcast. I asked people to send in their resolutions and we would create a specific lesson for them. All right, so Gareth, this is for you. Okay, and uh, we're going to email you. I've emailed you and let you know that this is going to be published. And these color chords are going to be great for composition. Now, this is going to be a two-part thing because in this particular episode, the first episode, I want to teach you the step-by-step process to build color chords and how it might change, okay? Now, this two-part series, right? The first part is going to be about building color chords um, within your two hands. The second part is going to be more of a general approach to composition, a general approach to using harmony to develop your tunes and write and move around, you know, and explore different areas to composition, okay? So I think that's it. I'm having too much fun with this camera, being able to look at you guys and film, you know, which is awesome. And so um, I guess let's, uh, let's go right to this episode. Okay, here we go. So the very first uh, process, like this is what it looks like. When, you, when you're a beginner and you start to develop chords, right? You'll have your melody in your right hand and your chords in your left hand. So it might sound like this. 
right? So obviously that's the beginning to autumn leaves, right? Excuse me, autumn leaves. That's beginning to all the things you are. Sorry, I had autumn leaves on my mind and uh, that is not autumn leaves. <laughs> so uh, with your chords, okay, you have your chords in your left hand, your melody in your right hand. Now this is for complete beginners, right? Just root position chords. So many people struggle with getting to the next step. What is the next step? Like, how do we create this? Right? Some, something like that. That's just an example, right? How do we create those lush two-hand voicings? How do we get to that level? Well, I'm going to go through the process right now. So this is the first process. Usually people take this. Now, the next best step you can do after that is applying the shells underneath the melody to your right hand. Your left hand only has bass notes. So now it sounds like this. Now already, right, in one step that I've shown you, it's like, oh my God, that's like completely different sound than this. Right, completely different sound. So that's gonna be your first step. Now, the way to get to this, because this is like live action, I'm applying live action, you wanna practice exercises before you get to this point. So what you wanna do is you wanna practice all of your shells in your right hand, left hand bass notes for all types of chords. So I'd go C minor seven, F minor seven, B flat, E flat. I'm just going around the circle of fourths. So I'm going C, F, I'm adding a flat and going around the circle of fourths that way. C, F, B flat, E flat. All the way back to C, okay? And you should practice other ways too. And eventually you wanna to practice to a point where you're using flashcards and anytime you pull a flashcard, it's a random chord and you're like, boom, I got that. Boom, I got that. Boom, you know, whatever chord it is. It should be absolutely automatic. And that's just for seven and three on the bottom. You also wanna practice three and seven. That way you have all the different setups, right? So this is gonna be setup one with three in, on the bottom and seven on the top. Okay, see that? Then setup two is gonna be seven on the bottom and three on the top. Okay, now I've practiced all that for my minor seven chords. Now I practice it for my dominant seven chords. And remember, I'm just using the shells. The shells are three and seven of the chord you're practicing. So I go through, I practice all my chords like that, and then I do my major sevens. I go through all the keys like that. This way, we're training ourselves when it gets to the live action moment of actually playing all the things you are. We can do this immediately, like automatic, like I just did for you. no matter what tune it is, right? Maybe it's, um, right, um, body and soul, right? So it doesn't matter what tune, you can arrange a tune quickly on the spot by playing, right, the melody with the shells below. Now, now let, me, let me tell you another trick that belongs to this step, <clears throat> excuse me. You, if the melody note is a shell, all you need is the other shell note in the bass note, okay? But, but, you can double the shell 
if you want. So I can double the melody and create a thicker arrangement by doubling that melody. See, like this. So since all these, most of these melody notes are actually shell notes, I'm doubling that shell note and it creates a more rich, lush sound. Now we're actually gonna bring this texture back later on in the steps, but that's one of the things you can do, double the melody note when it is a shell note. Now you don't have to. You don't have to do that, right? You can just have it be simple like this. That sounds great too, but sometimes you want it. And having these options will allow you to create your own self-expression, right? And that's what I'm all about. I wanna give you the flexibility to create your own freedom, thus learning freedom, right? Okay, cool. So that's gonna be step number two. You wanna learn how to play any song that you're, any like, um, like color chord that you're looking for or ballad-ish style. Uh, to want to arrange it with the melody in the shells in your right hand, your bass, your left known bass note is just playing the bass. That's it. That's it. You want to be able to do that instantly, quickly over any ballad, slow love song that you want to create, right? And this is just for that kind of stylish um, that I'm talking about. The next, that's step number two. Okay, so step number one, just to review, left hand has the full chord, the right hand has the melody. This is how beginners start. Step number two, your right hand's now playing the melody with the shells. Below the melody, left hand has the bass note. Doesn't have to double, but it can. Okay? Here is step number three. All right? What we're going to do, and this is where actually people start to get, you know, they start to struggle because it's difficult. We're actually now going to learn some left hand components and split our shells between two hands. Okay, so our left hand's gonna have a bass note and one shell. Not all the time, but most of the time. Our right hand's gonna have one shell. Now let me teach you the ways we can do this. Our left hand, for example, can have one and seven. So I've now taken the seven in my left hand. Now what does my right hand do? Well, it'll take the third, okay? Now if my melody is the third, in this case, right? That's really all I need. I don't really need much more. I have all my basses covered. I got my bass note, my melody, and my shells. Those are the three absolute things you always need. Now, when we move to the next chord, my left hand can continue to do this. Now, there's gonna be situations where you're not gonna be able to use one and seven, like here. That is too low to use one and seven. People, this is where people start getting confused, right? So, okay, I can't use one and seven down here. I guess it sounds too low. Right, and this right here is about the lowest that you can do. Right, this is uh, this is probably too low. Okay, I would I would stay to, I would recommend staying away from this. This F right here is about the lowest you can do. So I wouldn't do this. That's getting a little too muddy. So in those situations, what we can do is we can go one and three, like this. Okay, or we can do one to shells and just have melody here. You see that? So that's another left hand component we can use. So we're talking about the one and seven, right? That's one of our left hand components. The other left hand component we can use is one and three. So let's say the melody was um, B flat, for example, in, in some sort of tune. I have one and three here. I also need my seven. The melody notes a B flat. So I would add my seven here. See how that creates a beautiful arrangement there? Now moving to my next chord, whatever it would be, you know, I would simply decide what the best option is to use for my left hand. So let's say I was going to an A flat minor seven chord. 
Well, that works nicely here. So I could play A flat minor seven here, put my third here, and whatever my melody note, I would play it up here. So that would be my voicing right there. You see that? So everything stems from the bass note in whatever shell you're gonna choose. In your left hand, it's either gonna, you have only two options. You have two options, seven or three. Or you can play everything together, and that way your right hand can do whatever it wants. So remember, melody, bass note, and shells, that's all we need. So our left hand has bass note and shells here. My melody can do whatever it wants. Or, you know, if I'm playing a chord or a color chord, I can voice this however I want now. I could do that. I'm gonna get into that later, but here's where we're talking about. So, <clears throat> so for example, So in body and soul, right, here's the melody. I'm going to split my shells up. So the very first step I told you, second step, excuse me, was to have my shells below my melody. Now I'm gonna have my left hand take this note, this shell, and my right hand's only gonna play this. Now on the um, second chord, this is how I'd play it usually, like with my shells below my melody note. But now my left hand's gonna take this and my right hand's just gonna play this third. So now it sounds like this. Now you might say, well, Brendan, that's the exact, it sounds exactly the same. You play the same notes, you just switched it in your hands. Yes, do you wanna know the reason why? It's because as you get more advanced, you need to leave your right hand open to add color tones. That's the exact reason your left hand's gonna start to take these shell notes. Once my left hand takes this shell, it frees up my other fingers to voice this chord however I want because I'm only using two of my fingers. Now I have my thumb, my fourth finger, my pinky to play whatever I want. Now before, I was playing my shells like this and I only have my index finger and my pinky to play stuff. And since this is the melody, right? I don't have many voicing options. Like I can add the 11 in here and I can add the five. I could also add the 13 maybe. That's awkward, right? It's a little awkward there. When I free up one note, it gives my right hand so much more flexibility, right? To do this, this, or maybe even this. Right? So many different, I could do this, you know? So many different possibilities once I start to free up my right hand fingers. So now on the um, next chord, right? I have more fingers free, right? Even though it's kind of meant to be a flat nine chord. Now here, right, this is a great example. So if my right hand's playing the shells here, right, seven and three, again, I, don't, I only have my second finger and fourth finger to add color tones. But if my left hand takes the seven, excuse me, the three down here, one, three, my right hand's gonna take the other shell that I'm not playing, the seven. I have my melody here. Now I have these three fingers and I can actually play this, the seven with my index finger. I have so many more possibilities to add colors here. I can add the five, I can add the nine and 11. Right, create a gorgeous sound. I could go 13, seven, nine, 11. So to sound like this, See that? Now that's definitely a, a interesting color. You don't hear that much over body and soul, but maybe that's the arrangement you want. Right? It's gorgeous, gorgeous. 
And so by freeing, this is exactly why it's step number three of this process is to split the shells, okay? But we want to practice it so we get good at it, right? So um, back to all the things you are, right? Okay, what we can do here is now, instead of doubling the, sh the melody with our right hand, our, th our thumb can take that third and we can do this. That's freed up our fingers now to voice this however we want. So I could do... Right, this could be my new voicing. But again, we want to practice the splitting of the shells first. So I would do this, and then this, and then this. Since I can't reach this, I'm just jumping. And the reason I'm using three here and not seven is because this is too low. Okay, now I could do this. Instead of going one and three here, I could do this, one and seven. But that's a still, still a little bit low. And I want to point something out to you. You see the gap here? This is creating kind of problems uh, in our voicing because we want our voicing to be spread nice and even. When we have large gaps like this, it creates imbalances in the voicing, okay? So the better option here is to do this and then play the seven here. See, so now we have a nice spread. There's about a note every five intervals, right? Every fifth, we have a note, which creates a, a, a nice balanced spread. So you hear the difference between this and this. So much more balanced less balanced, right? Same thing with this. So this as opposed to this, especially when we add this five in here, that's our next step, creates so much more balance, all right? Now here, one and seven is perfectly acceptable because this is a great range for one and seven. We're in a register where one and seven works. So we add our third here, the melody here, right? So Step three is splitting of the shells between both hands, and you need to practice that just like I showed you how we'd practice our shells through the keys. Our left hand plays one and seven. Our right hand plays the third. Right? Sorry, I screwed up there. And you go through. You should play, be able to play your right hand third in any key, so D flat minor. Your left hand plays one and seven, your right hand plays a third, A minor. Uh, you know, F sharp minor, E minor. Any register, right? Moving down in whole steps, moving up in half steps. You know, maybe uh, minor thirds. Whatever it is, you should be able to voice a chord with one and seven in your left hand and three in your right hand. That should be automatic. Then you do your dominance. Right? You just keep going through the circle. Then you do your majors. That should be automatic for you. Okay? <clears throat> then the next thing you do is one and three and seven in your right hand. So you change it up now. Right? You see that? So now I have one and three. And again, you'll be like, uh, sorry, you'll be like, Brendan, I don't have, uh, you know, the range to play like one and three. Um, in my major seven. So when you're doing major sevens, now I don't either. Like if I'm going in and down in half steps, so I just I just shimmy this, right? And I just jump from one to three. Like if I'm doing E major seven, that's all you got to do. I can reach that, right? I can kind of reach that. Don't hurt your hand, but just jump. But you should know how to do that, okay? And those are the things you have to practice in order to split the shells. Now. Step number four, okay, is our next step is going to be adding the fifth, 
or doubling chord tones, all right? So now we have this nice um, shell voicing with the melody. So what's next? Again, step number four, we're gonna add the fifth and that already starts to thicken things up. Now, we can double things if we want. Now we're already doubling the melody here or the third because it is the melody. I could double the root here if I want. That's gonna thicken things up. Again, in body and soul, right? So I have one and three here, the melody and seven here. I can add the five in. And I don't really have any room for doubling anymore because the, the voicing's so tight. So here, again, I, I can't really double, but here, check this out. I can double the third here if I want, and I can add in the fifth. And I can create a voicing like this. Or I can add in the root as well. The fifth and the chord tones, doubling of the chord tones, are available for thickness and a lush sound. All right, so that's step number four. Once we're able to split the shells between our two hands, now we add in the fifth if we want. See, these are completely optional, guys. The fifth is an optional on flat five chords, mind you, because you need that flat five for texture. But again, if, if I don't wanna add the fifth in here, I can just double the third, right? And that works for me. Okay, I've completed step four. I've added all the doubling of chord tones that I want. And again, they're used for thickness and lushness. And you need to play around with it to you know experience what it sounds like. So you can start to develop a decisional process to know whether you want that sound or not. It's up to you. No one's gonna be here to tell you, you should do it here and you shouldn't do it here. Okay, that's completely up to you. That's the, the freedom of learning freedom in jazz. That's why it's such an amazing thing because you get to choose. You get to choose whether you want. So once you're at this point, the setup three that I've talked about, you got one and three here, seven and melody. You've completed step three, now you're on to step four. Should I add the fifth down here? Should I add the third? If I, Do I like this sound? Yeah, I do, great. Okay, I can move on to step five. All right, let's talk about what step five is. Finally, we're at step five. We're adding color tones, okay, extensions, right? And these are our, our colors that we're gonna shape the chord with to make it what we want it to sound like right? These are the spices. These are the flavors. We got our meat and potatoes. We're now adding the spicing and flavors to our dish, to our recipe. And so many people start out with this and they don't really know what the spices do, you know? And so many people start out with upper structure triads. You know, they learn stuff like this, um, right? You know, um, especially on minor chords, you might learn these but you don't really understand the spices. It's like getting uh, it's getting like packet spices, you know? Oh, it's done for you. Everything's done for you. But you don't really know. If, if you knew what each spice did, you could carefully select them and build the most amazing dish that you wanted, right? That tasted great. Do these sound awesome? Yeah, they do, but they're pre-made packets for you of spices, right? Wouldn't it be great to select the spices that you want to create your own thing? Most of us, for most of us, that's what we wanna do. Right, So I want to be able to select the nine, sharp nine, if I want it alone. I want to be able to select the natural nine if I want it alone. I want to be able to select the, the sharp 11 if I want it alone. I don't want to have to use the nine, sharp 11, 13 as an upper structure triad any time I want a color, a spice to add to my chord. You understand? So with this process, it's allowing you to select the colors, the spices that you want to add that are not prepackaged, that will create and develop an amazing color and sound and atmosphere that you've created on your own. Incredible, right? It's awesome. So here we are. 
So I've added the five here on my first chord to, oh, let's do, let's do all the things you are. So I'm going to add the five in here. So now, okay, I have two fingers available, the index finger and fourth finger. Here's step five, adding colors. Now you need to know what extensions are available over a minor seventh chord. So I can, I'm going to add the 11 here and see what that sounds like. I like that. That's pretty cool. I could also add the 13, which is this D. So I'm going to switch my fingers here and I'm going to do this. That sounds really cool too. I don't have to have the 11. I could just do this, right? So again, here's our basic structure from step three. Step four is adding the five and then step five is adding our extension. So I'm going to add the 13. I like this the best my, personally without, uh, I might want to add in the nine somewhere. Actually, I'm going to add in the nine down here and uh, let me see the 13 here and the five, so, right? So here's my voicing, five, 13, seven, nine, melody. I've just single-handedly created that voicing using our step-by-step -step process. Remember, here's step three, shells split between my two hands. I've added the five. Now I'm adding my extensions. I'm gonna add the nine and the 13. And as you can see, sometimes you may have to switch your fingers that are on the notes, right? To get the other available extensions. So here, boom. Let's go to the next chord, okay? This time I'm not gonna add the five. I'm gonna leave that open for more fingers that I can use, all right? I'm gonna add the, um, eh, what should we add, the 11? I like that by itself. It's very simple and plain. Uh, I'm gonna leave the 13 out. Ooh, that's pretty. So I'm gonna add the 11 and the nine, that's it. That's a really pretty voicing, right? I am picking and choosing these colors on my own. This is literally painting a canvas, choosing my blues and greens and reds and whatever highlights I personally want to add to this. I've learned the freedom to do this on my, my own using a systematic and structured process. Do you see that? Right, so here's my first voicing. Going to this. Beautiful. Right? Okay. Now here on the, here's my dominant chord, right? I got a lot of options here. So I can add the sharp 11 here. I can add the uh, 13, right? Like this, I can add flat 13. I kind of like that. I can add flat nine up here. I can add natural nine. I can add, yeah. So let me see, what do I like best? What do I, Brendan, like best? Let me see. I kind of like this. So um, here's my basic setup, right? I'm gonna double one of the chord tones. I'm gonna double the root. And people will be like, Brendan, what? You're gonna double the root? You're gonna throw the root in there? Yes, yes I am. The colors of the chord, the one, three, fives, and sevens are actual colors that you can add in, right? So I'm gonna double the root and I'm also gonna add the flat 13 in here. Right now, here we are. We're at our A flat major seven chord. Right, so here's our basic setup one, seven, three. I've split my shells. Here's my melody. So, on that downbeat, let me see what am I going to add? I can add the sharp 11, I can add the sharp five. That sounds really pretty. I could add both. 
That's very pretty as well. I could add sharp 11 natural five. I could double, I could um, add the fifth in here if I wanted. That's super pretty too. I could add the nine and the five. That's pretty, it's a little too bland for me. Ooh, I think I like that. I could also add the root in here. So I get this half step rub. That's super pretty with the sharp 11. Oh, I like that a lot. So I have the rub here, the half step rub with the nine sharp 11 and then the melody. Let me hear how this is also pretty. I like this the best. All right. So I'm going to use this one seven root nine sharp 11. Now remember, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We are missing the third, right? So again, in certain situations, I may not be able to do that. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, so here's what I can do. You got to figure out ways that you can, you can play what you're trying to play, right? So I, I abandoned the third by accident because I needed different fingers, right? I need more fingers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this, right? Right? So my left hand is actually taking the root now because I wanted that root in there. I really like that flavor. Now, my right hand has the ability to put the third in there and create that sound with the sharp 11. That's really pretty. All right. So here we go from the beginning. So gorgeous. Right. And you can see the chord there. F minor 13. It's not showing the nine in there. Right. And then we're moving over to here. We have our one, three, 11, seven, nine melody. And then here, right, I'm doubling the root here, flat uh, seven here in flat 13. And then here, right, see I've done this, half step, nine, three, sharp 11 melody. Gorgeous, gorgeous, right, so pretty. gorgeous that's gorgeous i mean that is the process okay i'm gonna wrap things up that's the process you would use to create beautiful lush arrangements you know um and from a from a beginner level and moving up to a more advanced level so let's repeat the steps right let's just go around quickly number one chords left hand by yourself right then we put the shells underneath the melody in our right hand The left hand has bass notes alone. And remember, on that step, you can double the shell for thickness, okay? And it sounds beautiful. That arrangement sounds beautiful. That's step number three. Excuse me, two, okay? Step number three is splitting the shells now. So I've, I've put one shell in my left hand, and I put one shell in my right hand. Now, the melody happens to be a shell, but this is your main concern. You want your bass note and shells split between both hands. Now, if the melody happens to be a shell, well, great. It's you're just doubling one of the shells and it adds rich richness to your voicing, right? You want to be able to do that very quickly, like riding a bike, like automatic. Now, step number four, we're adding our fifths and doubling chord tones. So if I want to add my fifth here and double any chord tones like the root, right, I can. Okay, again, same thing here. I can add my fifth. I can double the root here if I want. Okay, so I'm adding fifths and doubling of any chord tones. Those are both optional. Step number five, finally adding 
colors, adding our, our extensions, right? Adding our extensions here. Okay, you see that? So that's the process you wanna take. And again, if you're composing, like if you're composing anything, you can absolutely use that to write songs, right? Take a melody note, take a bass note, and then fill in the rest, like literally go through that process and start to write chords, write movements, write voicings, arrangements, you know, that can be used. And again, in the next part two of this podcast series, I'm going to deliver more composition, compositional um, uh, tips and strategies, right? Taking melodies, how to use different chord possession, um, chord progressions, things you can talk about, you know, um, you know, movements and, and strategies to try. And that way it will really be able to help your composition with, with this video and especially part two. Okay. So I hope you guys enjoyed that and I'll see you in the next podcast and happy practicing.